Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We give you praise, Jesus. Give you praise, Jesus. Thank you for your covenant, God. Thank you for your blood covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See, there's always a war. Going to be a war against us until we're raptured. In every area, this... That's just, that's the enemy's job. That's what he does. It's going to be a war against your finances, too. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? It says, In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Then he gives us instructions on how to reverse the curse. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. The Lord of hosts means the Lord of the armies of heaven because he knew there was going to be a war on your finances. So the Lord of hosts gets involved. When you tithe, the Lord of hosts gets involved. Hallelujah. When you tithe and you give, the Lord of hosts gets involved in your finances. He says, if I, and, say, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Sometimes we sit and we think, well, I'm going to tithe, then I'm going to sit on my couch, and blessings are going to flow into my life. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Verse 11 This is where the Lord of hosts comes in. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, you tithe and give, I will bless the work of your hands. I will bless what you do. You don't have fruit of the ground without putting something in the ground. 
you don't have fruit of the vine without having to work the vines and trim the vines and take care of the vines. I will, work, I will bless and rebuke the devourer off of what you do. The windows of heaven are opportunities. The windows of heaven are opportunities. I remember, it just come to me, I remember years ago when we had that building up, well, no, I wasn't, it's the same principle, but it wasn't at the building. I was coming to church, I think, and I saw a man out there, somebody, a big area with no houses in it, and he was out there picking up pecans under the pecan trees. And God basically said, he's taking advantage of this opportunity. That opportunity wasn't going to be there forever. That opportunity was there for a season. And that man was out there taking advantage of that. God gives us opportunities and we have to step into them when he gives them to us. Bible also tells us that he gives us the power to get wealth. That means we have to do something. We have to do something. We sow our seed and then we do. We sow the seed and we follow the instructions. But we have to expect. How many times have you sown a seed in, into the offering? And never think about it again. Done that lots of times. I never plant a seed in my garden that I don't go check on it. Why would I sow a seed in here and forget about it? But we do. We have to have an expectation. My expectation is so high whenever I sow a seed in my garden, the package can say it will germinate in eight to ten days, I'll be out there in five days. I'll be out there in five days looking. Okay, the ground's not breaking forth yet. I'll be looking for something to come up before it's time. We've got to have an expectation of a harvest when we sow a seed. Without that expectation, the devourer can come. He will come. He will come. He will come and steal opportunities from us. So when you sow a seed, expect a harvest to come. Expect a harvest to come. Expect a harvest to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, a while ago I said I wasn't concerned if I offended anybody. Still not. But I'm going to say this. Jesus said, blessed is the man not offended in me. He said that for a purpose. The other day, God just spoke to me and he said that People get offended when you touch their God. 
People get offended when you touch their God. Our God can be lots of things. Our God can be laying up sleeping. Our God can be our money. Our God can be anything that we put before him. Anything that keeps us out of his presence can turn into a God. So that's what he said. People get offended when you touch their God. So I'll just let that stay right there. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. This is Paul talking to Timothy. It says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also... Unfeigned faith means not pretended faith. Not fake. Not fake. In other words, he said that he saw that Timothy was not fake. He really believed what he said he believed. It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God gave us the Holy Spirit of power. He gave us the Holy Spirit of love. And he gave us the Holy Spirit of a sound mind. And it's for a purpose. And it tells us what it is through starting in verse 8 through 14. We're not going to read all of that. But you can read it sometime. We were given the Holy Spirit of power and the Holy Spirit of love and the Holy Spirit of a sound mind for the purpose of spreading the gospel. That's the purpose of it. It's to preach the gospel with signs and wonders following. That's the purpose. Let's go. Do what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. It says, He has not given us the spirit of fear. Verse 6. God talking to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and then, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. God just took his excuse away. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. God called Jeremiah. The first thing he done was, I have an excuse, God. Excuse me from what my calling. And God says, your excuse, don't stand up. He says, don't be afraid of them, for I am with you. 
verse 9. It says, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Verse 10, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. God gave Jeremiah the power. He didn't, Jeremiah started operating in a spirit of fear. That's what was speaking. I'm not able. That's the spirit of fear speaking. And God confronted it because he says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. First mention of the Holy Spirit of power is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Start in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit of power is what went forth and did what God spoke. In the very beginning. See, when we have a close relationship with God, the Holy Spirit of power moves when we speak because we speak what God speaks. Just like what happened with Sister Julie. She spoke because she's got that relationship. She spoke what God told her to spoke, and the end result was no torment. Torment had to bow. Because of this Holy Spirit of power operating through her. Romans 8, 11 tells us that the Holy Spirit of power is what raised Jesus from the dead. I know we've heard this over and over. That we have the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in us. We've heard it. And heard it and heard it but has it ever moved from your head to your spirit the spirit of creation lives in you the spirit of creation lives in you the Holy Spirit went forth and created. That's the same one that lives in you. I'm not going to tell you I have a full understanding of that. Because I don't. But it operates today. And it operates through a man named David Hogan. He's seen, he's seen limbs grow. And I'm not talking about tree limbs. So it's available. That same Holy Spirit, that spirit of creation is in us. 
when there seems to be no way, the Holy Spirit of creation says, yes, there is. It will create a way. It will create a way. Verse 15. Let me see, where am I? Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8, 11. It says, but if the same spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the, from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Verse 14. Start with 14. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, if you're not led by the Holy Ghost, you're not a son of God. I'm not saying that you're not saved because there are sons and there are servants. A son and daughter of God walks in power and authority. That's the difference. A son and a daughter walk in authority. It says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, victory is on the other side of fear. Power is on the other side of fear. Love is on the other side of fear. And a sound mind is on the other side of fear. See, fear comes to challenge. Fear comes to challenge what God says. Fear comes to challenge. You know, 1 John 4, 16 tells us that God is love. You know, you cannot love someone if you have fear. You cannot really love with fear. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. So how, do you, how can you love if you have fear? If you, uh, I'll just throw this out there, a little scenario. If you speak to somebody, maybe somebody you don't know and they don't speak back, what is your first response? What is your first response if somebody that you don't know won't speak to you? 
you think they're mad at you, or if they do know you and they don't speak to you. Rejection. That's not perfect love. Perfect love is not about me. Perfect love would think, I wonder what's going on in their life instead of why have they rejected me. Perfect love casts out fear. A sound mind. You know, Jesus was the wisest man to ever walk the earth. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walks with wise men shall be wise. So if we want to be wise, we have to walk with Jesus. Because, see, the devil is after our mind. If he can get our mind, he gets our power. If he gets our mind, he gets our authority. If he gets our mind, he gets our love. We have to have a sound mind. James chapter 1, verse 8 tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man, when you look that up, it means a two-spirited man. It means a man that listens to God one minute, and then he listens to the devil one minute. He listens to reason. He doesn't, he doesn't think that he's listening to the devil. He's listening to his own reasoning. He's listening to his own logic. And weighing that against the word of God. That's being double-minded. You're choosing which one will work for you. That's what you're doing. When you're double-minded, you weigh the options and figure out whether your logical reasoning is a better option than what God said. That's double-minded. And the Bible says that a double-minded man will not receive anything from God. You know, it's easy to believe God until things get hard. It's easy to believe God in here. God speaks to you. You come to the altar. He speaks to you. It's real easy to believe Him there. But the enemy attacks you once you get out. He attacks your mind. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful and wicked. When you look up that word heart, it actually means the mind, the feelings, the will, the intellect. In other words, what you think, your way of thinking. The Bible says it's deceitfully wicked. Romans 8 actually tells us in verse 6 that the carnal mind is death. It brings death to situations. But the spirit mind brings life and peace. 
Let's look at Matthew. We'll show you how important it is to hear the word of God and to leave your mind out of it. I preached a word been back last year sometime. I got from my daughter-in-law. We were on vacation, and she said, check your brain at the door. And I knew when she said it that that was a word from God because that's what we have to do. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. Let's start in 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in the synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence has this man this wisdom and these mighty works? He came back to his hometown and he taught, and they were astonished at his teachings. And then someone said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? They're reasoning now. And his brother James and Jose and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? It says, Then whence hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. Because Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. A sound mind. A mind that believes what God says instead of what the world says. See, they got, out, they got, they got into reasoning. I know his mama. I know his daddy. I know his brothers. I know his sisters. And it says, and he could do no mighty works there. Jesus' power hadn't diminished. They were unable to receive. They were unable to receive what Jesus had. Hallelujah. But there is hope for a sound mind. <laughs> The Bible tells us our mind is deceitfully wicked. But there is hope. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our mind can be renewed. Our minds can be renewed. Our minds are renewed when we seek Him. Our minds are renewed when we pray. Our minds are renewed when we seek Him with our whole heart. Our minds are renewed when we read the Word and choose to believe it over what the world says. Philippians 4, verse 8, is another one that tells you how to renew your mind. 
says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The word think doesn't mean just think it in your head. It actually means to say it. It means to speak it out loud. It means to preach it. It means to talk it. Not just think about it. It means to put it in your mouth and speak it forth. That's how your mind gets renewed. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, which is your mind, your feelings, and your will, for out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are the sources of life. That's what issues mean, the source of life. In other words, what you speak forth is the source of life that you will have. It also means boundaries. What you speak forth sets your boundaries. I can't, I won't, I'm not capable, I'm not smart enough. That sets your boundaries right there. I can, I will, God said, that sets your boundaries right there. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. See, that word wicked ways, that's not just talking about getting out here sinning, killing, stealing, robbing, and all of that stuff. Wicked way, according to God, is when we choose the world's way, the world's wisdom over his. That is a wicked way. When we choose to believe what the world says over what God says, that is a wicked way. We have to turn from our wicked way. We have to turn from what we think is right and believe what God said. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a battle for our mind. There's been a battle for our mind from day one. The battle for the mind started with Eve. He challenged, the devil challenged what God said to her. And he will challenge what God says to you. He challenges it all the time. He challenges what God says to me when I'm sitting on the platform. I can hear God speak something, and he'll challenge it. I have to choose to believe that I heard God and step into it. If you want a sound mind, 
then I'll come, I'll pray for you. My mind is not completely sound. I'll just tell you up front. <laughs> it's not all there. But I'll give you what I have. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll release as much soundness as I've got. But a sound mind means that when the enemy comes, I choose God's way over my way. Doesn't matter how good my way sounds. It doesn't matter. I choose God's way. That's a sound. That's what the enemy is after. He's always after our mind, Lillian. He bombards our mind day and night. You turn on the TV, every commercial on there is going to hit your mind. You're going to be sick before you quit watching that commercial. Or you're going to need to buy something that you have absolutely no use for. But it's going to solve all the world's problems. <laughs> A sound mind will catch you at stuff. A sound mind, there will be a check in your spirit. No. A sound mind, Julie. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.